Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hey there, everybody. It's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards and get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. It's Friday Night Lights. It's the Wednesday edition. I'm here with my friends, Willie Walls and the great Swami Odell Blocker, talking all things NFL. Guys, there were a couple of trades this uh, past week. Let's talk about the Devontae Parker leaves South Beach and goes to New England. And here's what we found out after. The Cowboys were in on this deal, but the Patriots get him. Willie, you like Devontae Parker going to New England? I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, a lot of people do, but he's another. Tell me how many games have Devontae Parker played fully? Okay, I'll wait. Okay. And <laughs> let me give you some more stuff. Did you know the answer to that question, by the way? <laughs> you can't. He's it's, not, quite it's, a few. Not, it's not a lot. You know, it's like it's in the single digits, you know. So, but secondly, is see. I don't know if his skill set fits that quarterback to what he does. Devontae Parker is a contested type of guy. He'll be great for Rodgers, you know, because Rodgers will throw the ball up there to him, but not him. This guy in aggressiveness last year was 15%, 23rd in the NFL, you know, being aggressive, you know. So uh, I don't know if the skill sets match, and I know Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick, but he's made mistakes too. You remember, he got Ocho Stinko. He got a man that he said, uh-oh, that's not the guy for me right here. So, I mean, I understand what Bill, I understand what he's doing, but, you know, it, it, it you know, you saw some other receivers he had too. It, you know, to me is his health. Can he stay healthy for a full season? I mean, it's not like he's a, a, a Wes Walker type, you know, something like that. Can he stay healthy for the full season? And does his skill set match the quarterback skill set? Because like to me, you know, th- th- he's a careful passer. He doesn't like to throw it. You know, you know, he doesn't throw the ball. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work out like people think it's going to work out. Swami, so, mean, my problem with Devonte Parker has always been it's come too easily for him, right? He was the kind of guy who was bigger than probably everybody in high school. He was probably better than most people in college at Louisville. Like he didn't put the work in. Goes to Miami, and Willie's right. He was a tub guy, as Willie would say. Right? He wasn't on the field. Is he all of a sudden going to change now that he's in New England and be a star, or is he going to be? A guy that Mac Jones can find. I don't. I don't know if New England's offense is going to, um, you know, make him a star, right? And I know we're talking about fantasy, and we're talking about you know his production. Why is there? I think he's brought in to to bring some toughness. I think he brings that. Like you said, I think he's somebody who could help them out in the running game. I think he's more of a possession receiver. He obviously got some playmaking ability, but he's got to stay healthy. I think the most receptions that I'm looking at right here, he's he's had 70 once. He's reached about 50 a couple of times, 1,000 yards one time. Um, he, had, he had one season over four touchdowns, and that was nine touchdowns in 2017. <laughs> And, and even though and I, I'm looking at these stats and I'm wondering how did I roster him? And I know I did quite a few times, not just in, in DFS, but even the season long. I, I know I picked him up for a game or two, maybe late in the season or something. But looking at these numbers, I don't even see how I did that. He He's never really put up um, really good numbers, but I think he's a good wide receiver. And so if Belichick, um, excuse me, if uh, Bill is going to bring him in and, um, and, and make him a part of that offense, 
I think he'll probably have very similar numbers, you know, somewhere around 40 catches, maybe four touchdowns. But I don't think he's going to bring any fantasy goodness there. But he may be good for their offense or their team. Can we agree, guys, that he's better than what they had? I mean, Jacoby Myers is good, but Devontae Parker is better than anybody else there, Willie. True? I think Bourne was – I like Willie. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, you know, it's like somebody telling you, uh, how, how does she look? Again, Doc, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think he does bring something. I, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be fantasy goodness. If that makes sense. And sometimes you go out and you get pieces that's going to fit well in your offense. You bring in veteran guys. If he's going to New England, I think he has the work ethics, and and I think he that means that he's you know somebody they think can can handle their playbook and and work as a part of the offense. I don't know if they would have traded for him if they didn't think so. But let me ask you something. What was that running back that that Bill got in two thousand and one when it when he took him to the Super Bowl from Cincinnati? Um, what was that? What was Dillon, that Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's what Bill, Bill is trying to look for that kind of lightning, you know, to see if he no, can help. Dillon was a ball pro. Yeah, he was a baller before. <laughs> but see, but like I said, Parker does. He, to me, he doesn't stay healthy enough. You know, I, but Parker was a number one receiver, right? I mean, he was a legitimate number one receiver on a team. In theory, yeah. but listen to this. Number one receiver, 2015, three touchdowns. 16, four. 17, one. 18, one. 24, 21, two. And what does the team like to do? Run the ball. <laughs> Run well, He's the good ball. in the red zone. He's a big dude. He's 6'4". I mean, if Mac throws it three yards in the red zone, he should be able to come down with it, right? I mean, I could see that being an advantage here. <laughs> I'm assuming he did one time in 18, one time in 17, two times in 21. <laughs> You're tough crowd there, Swami. Yeah. I'm right, just saying. Let's talk about a trade that we heard about today. I don't know if there's truth to this or not, but I mean, when there's smoke, there's fire in the NFL, right? Supposedly, the Jets offered the number 10 overall pick for DK Metcalf, and Seattle said no. Do we like that trade offer, Willie? If you're the, let's look at it from both sides. If you're Seattle, would you do that trade? If you're the Jets, would you do that trade? You say a a, a tenth draft choice for DK. Tenth overall pick, the tenth overall pick in the first round for DK Metcalf. Oh hell no! You ain't getting that DJ for that because you don't know what that tenth. We know what DJ Metcalf is. DK. We don't know what that pick is going to be. I know you hear yeah, music, but he's no DJ. <laughs> He can't. <laughs> Hell no! I wouldn't have done that deal either. You have to right, but but in the NFL, that's that's not a bad haul for a DK Metcalf, a first, a tenth overall pick. Yeah, yeah but but Mario Cooper went for like a, a, a 
a second and something else. And didn't somebody else go for a fifth recently? A second and a fifth was Amari Cooper. Who? I'm not. You, you, I, I'm not going to put Metcalf. <laughs> All right. Tyreek Hill didn't go for as much as you would have thought he did. Would you have thought that Tyreek Hill would have gone for more, like, better picks? I mean, he went for, like, a late first and, a, you know, second round. I mean, it was, wasn't like he went for the 10th overall pick. Yeah, yeah, but but you remember that was a free agent situation. That was a, that was some you know some things else going on. Listen, DJ Metcalf, if you give him up for a tenth round, DJ. please, they'll be stupid. I mean, if I'm Seattle, I would have said no too. You got to come up. Well, with I mean, DJ that. Metcalf for the tenth overall pick in the first round, yay or nay? Negative. No. No way. It's not even close, Doc. No. But here's here's why. I'm just going to throw this out. Met, let's say that Seattle does not get a quarterback. Let's say they start the year with Drew Locke. Are you telling me that DK Metcalf is not going to be annoyed? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If he would be annoyed with Locke, what would he be in New York? Rich. Nah, listen, we... listen I, I'm going to say this. Either way, He's going to get that money. You know what I mean? Whether it's going to be with Seattle, it's going to be somebody else. But if I'm Seattle, I'm not giving him up for the 10th the choice in there. You're talking about the number one and number two. But you, okay, now we're talking. But 10, no. Not DJ Metcalf. He's, he's got too much potential for him to give him up for that. No. Yeah, they need a blue chip for him. Yeah. Now, did you guys see the other trade in the NFL, the trade that the Saints and the, and the Eagles made? where the Saints got an extra pick in the first round and they gave the Eagles a number one and a number two in 2023. Did, I don't know if you guys caught that. Did you catch that? I didn't. I didn't catch I did not. Yeah. So basically the Eagles, let me find it. The Saints and Eagles made a trade where the Eagles gave up a pick this year. Right. And then what they did was they got back a haul. Let me find, I'm trying to find the exact trade. It was really uh, overpayment. So the question is, do you think it's crazy that these teams are overpaying for draft picks or are draft picks? Oh, here we go. The Saints acquired the number 16 pick, the number 19 pick, and a sixth round pick from the Eagles. Okay. For the 18th pick, a third round pick, a seventh round pick, a 2023 first round pick, and a 2024 second round pick. So basically to get one more pick in the first round, the Eagles got a first rounder and a second and a, and a second round pick, you know, in a couple in a year and two years. Our teams over the question is: Are teams overpaying to move up in the draft? Well, th this is what I say. <clears throat> we don't know. I mean, people always get those choices, but then sometimes those choices are not what you think they are. You know, they work out differently, and then you have a guy that you know you got it as a free agent who end up being a uh, a sleeper so wow this guy ended up being a starter you know so you know these 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 draft choices are potential that don't mean that they're going to turn out because if you're if you draft like the commanders okay you get ass so you get ass you know you get the 23rd person you get a, a come on you know so i, I i'm not going to say that i mean it, it you know I, it has to be somebody who like kansas city um, the Patriots, teams that I trust. When you talk about other teams like that, okay, what does that mean? You know, Philadelphia, 
what has Philadelphia done that has been significant? You know, besides that, they, they you know, they won a Super Bowl. But, you know, well, they got Wentz. Is, is Wentz still with them? Let's look at their choices. You know, come on. I I, I don't think it – listen, I, I just think it's, you know, people making deals. You know, but if you draft like Belichick, you know, if you draft like Bill, then I would say, okay, you know, you know, this might mean something. But for me, I mean, it's, it's just it's just a tree falling in the forest for me, to be honest with you. Swami, do teams give up too much to move up in the draft? Doc, if this was draft day and it was a guy there that you really wanted and you thought would make a difference on your team and you moved up to do it, I would agree. This is like walls going to the field with one pair of socks. It just doesn't make sense. It's, you don't even know what's going to be there for us to be able to determine if they made sense to go up to get a pick that they thought would fall or that would be there because they have no way of being able to determine you know, this far ahead of the draft. It just doesn't make any sense. It's worse than a tree falling on the forest because at least sometimes we know why trees fall. We have no idea why these guys decided to do this trade. You're talking about zero sense. This this makes me feel like, like somebody in these front offices are dating. Like this, it just doesn't make any sense. They they have to have some other backdoor reason for doing it, especially the Saints. I mean, what are they really even looking to do? They 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 they're trying to put something together. Post, you know, the Sean Payton era has ended, and and now they start off with this goofy thing that they're doing. I mean, who knows? The only thing that I could see, guys, is if maybe the Saints move up to because they want to get some of these young receivers. So let's take a look at some of these young receivers in the draft. Have you guys taken a look at this guy Drake London from USC? Dude is like six five. He's big basketball player. Kind of reminds me of Mike Evans type, right, Willie? Yeah, he's a he's a big body. A receiver that got some that got some wheels that got some speed um so you know depending on who he goes to you know who drafts him i mean that you know but but he is definitely a man of interest a man that i wouldn't mind if the if the uh if the uh commanders can take a look at you know you know i mean because because he i mean that you know and then you got the other receivers you got garrett wilson you got o'clay they're more your um route runners, you know, precise right route runners type of, you know, receivers. Really, to be honest with you, we don't have – it's not a chase in this draft, okay, but it's deep. It's deep. You know, you got, you know the, the draft is really deep. So, you know, you got, you know, because uh, I know it's, it's, you know, you got some uh, – Traylon Brooks for Arkansas. You got uh, Pickens for Georgia. Sky Moore for Western Michigan. You know, Christopher Watson for North Dakota State. You got people like that. That you know they got potential. So this this draft is is deep for wide receivers. Wide receivers is is, is pretty good. You should be able to find a, a if you do your homework the right way. You should be able to find a, a good receiver in this draft. Swami, you're a Ravens fan. They got Bateman in round two, if I I believe last year. Do you think teams should be trading up and getting all these guys? Because Willie gave gave us a lot of guys, right? Burks, who you know the Cowboys supposedly like him at twenty four. Olave is a good young receiver. Garrett Wilson, people talking about him, top 10. Drake London, all these players. Do you think that teams should be waiting more till rounds two and three like your Ravens did? And then maybe spend round one with guys like linemen guys, you know, offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Where do you think teams should spend their draft capital? I, I think it, it's just kind of depending on what your needs are. Because oftentimes – we see these 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 bad teams. They take these receivers, and every year somebody who's six five or six two, and 
190 and run a 438 or 44. And it, it doesn't matter when your quarterback is Willie Walls. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter when they can't protect the O-line, can't pro- keep even even the prospect upright, right? The, 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 the first-year quarterbacks we've seen, some of these second-year guys, they either can't stay healthy or they can't stay off the ground. They're under constant pressure. Um, then the receivers, unfortunately, a lot of them are, uh, you know, becoming injured and just I, – I, it's like – some of these guys are luxuries for good teams, right? The Ravens went out last couple of years. We got a bunch of receivers, right? Um, everybody know that we we passed up on that guy that Walls keep calling DJ Metcalf. Um, we passed up on DK Metcalf. And unfortunately, they just tell me just like a lot of teams, they don't get it right. And these guys, a lot of people passed on Mr. Mr. Hill and some of these other receivers. They think they know that next guy, and they just don't. Right. They come in and you think you really got a guy who's a stud, then he's injured. So you just really um, you can't over, I think, overplay the draft and go up to grab some of these pieces that are kind of like luxury pieces. You got to go up and maybe address some of those interior linemen, um, at least get yourself a good, you know, a quarterback you think can win some games for you. I think start in that backfield and then work your way out. And if you don't address those things, there's no there's no reason going up and getting those six five wide receiver. He's gonna be out there looking just like Devontae Parker, and he's gonna average forty catches and two touchdowns. Well, I got I got a DFS question for you: Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Olave, Burks, all these guys are talented. There's no doubt, and I think all of them will go in the first round. I don't even think there's a question. In DFS, do you usually look at rookies? Or do you just say, look, they better have the right matchup? I mean, we've had Jerry Judy, right, who was underperformed. I mean, Chase was terrific. But how many Chases are there, really? Are you willing to roster, you know, in a GPP or in cash games? Or do you tend to avoid your rookies? Uh, this is uh, – and, and, and that's a great example because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you two receivers that were top-notch. And I got them both for my rookie year. They had rookie years and they gave me championship. In the same year, I had them both. One was Julio Jones and AJ Green. They came out the same year. Okay. They didn't start out, they didn't start out on fire. Okay. But as the year got wore on, they got better. Who does that remind you of last year? Chase. Right? Chase had some problems in the beginning. But then all of a sudden he started catching fire. And then, you know, so those receivers, but we don't grab those receivers in the first round. You know, because it's gonna take receivers a while to, to catch on the nuances of the game and things like that. I don't, you know, the only receiver that we've seen that was like that, that I remember that was just on fire was Randy Moss. Randy Moss came out like, I mean, he came out like house on fire in the beginning, but normally it's going to take a little while before those receivers, you know, learn and they, they gotta, they gotta learn. They gotta learn the lay of the land and depends on who they go to. They got a quarterback that sucks ass. You know what? You know what's going to happen. It doesn't even make a difference. You know they're going. You know, so they're not going to be there. So it depends on the situation that they get. Like Randy Moss was a perfect situation for the Vikings at that time. He went off, and you saw what he did to the Cowboys his first year because that was a team that passed on Randy Moss. You know, so you know, you know, so you know that for me, they're later round for me. Not in the not in the first. I don't see nobody that's going to be at the first round coming out of this draft. Not for me in DFS. Swami, so, mean, in DFS or maybe seasonal, like, will you 
like I mean, Bateman had some good games last year, right? We wanted to play him. He was cheap. I feel like in DFS, you get these rookies, and at first they're overpriced. And then if they don't perform, they drop in price. And then eventually you find that middle ground. What are your thoughts on on like playing in DFS and, and using a rookie? Do you tend to avoid that? Yeah, again, it's, it has to be a blue chip, right? Somebody who we think is definitely going to come in and light it up. But me taking a rookie first round, taking a receiver for me first round, especially depending on the league, even if it's PPR, is unlikely. So if um, mm. I, I just can't imagine a, a situation where I would do that, even the years that Wall's talking about, I'm thinking back, it didn't matter if it was Jefferson recently. Um, it didn't matter if it was Beckham, and I think he came on probably after like week six or something like that yep. of that year. It, yep. it, it wouldn't matter who the, the receiver was. I'm gonna be looking to get those guys seventh, eighth round um, after everybody else is kind of taking some of these guys who are gonna be doubled and triple teamed all year early, and and so then you get away with somebody like a Jefferson while all the attention is going um, to the other side. And you get, you know, you get to take advantage of somebody like Ridley while all the attention is going to the other side. But the key there, in every one of these situations, it was a quarterback um, involved, and it was an offense that was involved that helped them be successful. I take somebody like Devontae Adams, right? They always think that, you know, um, they're getting all these picks right. It was a bunch of guys that went ahead of him you probably never heard of. He was a 53rd pick. So what does that tell you? Every every year, it's somebody who comes in and and really performs. Um, you know, at that level, I want to say almost right away. And then every year we see they go ahead and they draft up for some guys. Take that tight end that the Falcons took last year. And folks were talking about taking him early, second, third round in fantasy drafts. Here it is no way. You talk about milk. He was milk of the milk. But let's, let's stop for a second. I don't think Kyle Pitts was the Pitts. The second Calvin Ridley was gone he was seeing the best coverage from the other team. When Ridley was there, he was at least getting better looks. And then all of a sudden, they were using Patterson a little bit. Ryan couldn't find anybody. Then the team just started to play terribly. But I think losing Calvin Ridley really hurt Kyle Pitts. You don't agree with that? (sighs) Doc, Doc Pitts had one touchdown. Is that his fault? Doc, oh. I mean, that, that would put him, as far as being ranked at tight ends, Doc, that would have to put him somewhere in the, in the bottom half. Of How the many league. catches did he have for tight ends? 68. What number was that for tight ends? Uh, that's, pro- that's probably um, top half. But it was, you know, it, it wasn't as long. He had 1,000 yards, so you, you could give him that. You could give him the 68 catches. He had, he had one touchdown. But you would you would be able to get a tight end with, in the 15th round that you could get that type of production from. But I guarantee you, you I guarantee you this year, um, because what is Mariota? He's a tight end guy. Okay. Case in point, Delaney Walker. Okay. You got to remember, even in the one game that he had extended time, you know, Waller, he was, he was peppering Waller with it. So for me, this would be, uh, you know, with Mariota, because, you know, some guys, not a wide, he's a tight end guy. I guarantee you that um, that the, the, the tight end for the Falcons will be used more this year because he uses he utilizes his tight ends. So but to answer the question, I don't think the offense is going to score that much. No, no, I'm I, I, listen. I'm not saying Mario, but I'm just saying one guy who will improve his position will be the tight end this year. 
Because because Delaney Walker, he listen, he he fed Delaney Walker more than anybody. Listen, Delaney Walker was almost a superstar. Player. So is it over on reception, sixty eight and yards, one thousand yeah. twenty six, or just over receptions? Yeah, over. Okay, well, hell yeah, he's gonna be over. He's gonna be way over. A thousand yards, I don't know, but receptions over. Think about it this way, guys. Would you say Travis Kelsey is gonna be number one in receptions, and Mark Andrews is number two? Is Darren Waller number three with Devontae Adams there? I don't know about that. Devontae Adams is going to see a hundred passes. Right. Right. And then you and then you could get him in a better in a you know, because people still going to just look at the name and draft him at that position, you know. So you could get a better discount on him this year. And and then I really think he's gonna be a better bargain because Mariola, you got some guys just like going to tight ends, and he's a tight end guy. But you still got Kittles, you got Hawkinson. Yeah, but Kittle, I worry about Kittle too, and I'll tell you why. What if Trey Lance is there? You think that guy's completing 25 passes a week? He might complete 16. He's got a good point. Maybe Font. He's got a quarterback that loves to go to tight ends now. Got Gasecki. His number's probably going to be a little bit lower. You got Goddard. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Gasecki, yeah, because Gasecki, look, they, they got a whole bunch of people that they're going to throw it to. So I wouldn't want to draft Gasecki. He wouldn't be my guy. Yeah. I like Gusecki, but I think he goes down too. I agree with that. I'm getting tight ends towards the back of the order. I want yeah. to take a tight end. I promise. Can you. I tell you a tight end that I like a lot this year? Don't don't be shocked. Dalton Schultz. There's no Mari Cooper anymore. Michael Gallup is injured. Right? When is he coming back? You got C.D. Lamb, and you got Dalton Schultz. Oh, and Dak Prescott went to Schultz a lot. I hope yeah. the Cowboys draft somebody. I hope they grab the guy from USC or the guy from Arkansas. Or maybe the guy from Penn State. They're going to need at least two of them jokers. That doesn't sound great. And you talk about him getting the coverage. He could potentially get, um, you know, coverage too if he starts to emerge and go off. If they only got to cover Lamb. Like before, they at least had two or three guys they had to look out for. Wilson was taking coverage. So Schultz found himself open as a result of all of those guys taking the coverage. And Cedric Wilson's not there either. Right. And by the way, anybody who drafts Ezekiel Elliott in the first round is nuts. I promise you guys, Zeke, you're going to be a top 20 pick again. Not by me. I'm not taking him, but he's going to go in most drafts. I I agree. It's not coming back down on that stack, I'm telling you. Not by me. He looks slow, slow. Tony Pollard, honestly, tell me that Tony Pollard didn't look better than Zeke every game. It, it 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 was night and day to me, you know. It was when eight he, to ten touches, though. I mean, he got to do it for yeah, twenty two, twenty three touches. What I'm saying is, when he got that chance to start, you know, he he delivered to me, you know, and he just looks explosive, you know. You look at Zeke, man. Woo. Stop wearing those. Looks like he's running shirts. in mud, huh? Looks like he's running in mud. Yeah, and stop wearing those cutoff shirts, Zeke. Come on, you buddy. Are a hater. All right, last thing before we go. Is Rob Gronkowski going to re-sign with Tampa Bay? Is he in or out? I think he, he he might play as long as Tom plays. Yeah, I mean, listen, Tom's going to feed him. You know, yeah. so he'll, as long as Tom is there, he will be there. They got a chance to break a couple more records, but I think Gronk is ready to get to the WWE or, you know, <clears throat> doing, doing, doing something down in Miami. <laughs> Do we do we like what Bruce Arians did, guys? Did that shock you, Willie? Bruce Arians basically quitting his job and giving it to Tom Bowles. Listen, he won a Super Bowl. 
listen, Bruce is a different is a is a different bird. Okay, he's a different bird. Remember, he was criticizing Tom early. That's what I was going to say, Doc. I mean, after for a while, you know, although Willie had was anti Mr. Antonio Brown, um, I was slower to to judge. But after seeing Bruce Arians in that press conference, how he handled this situation, it kind of it kind of swung back the other way, meaning that. And it's hard now to, to kind of defend Brown when he's that way with the media, the owners, the coaching staff, his quarterback, <laughs> and everybody else on the team. Now you can't expect special treatment. You can't say things like he he um, the way he talked to me when they said that he used the same type of language. He used the same you know type of verbs with everybody. Including Tom Brady. There's no way you think you're special then. I'm sorry. I don't care what he told you on that field. He could have told you everything except something like what Walls was talking about, about, you know, taking you out on a, whatever that was that he was doing earlier. <laughs> you know, short of something like that. I can't imagine anything that would make you take off your clothes on the field and leave the stadium. So, especially, again, if he is – the same way with everybody. That's you know how they say with referees walls. That's all you ask. Call it the same way on both he sides. Yeah. Oh, he consistent. He I think. I think. I think that's why his players respect him. He said, "Damn, he like he yelling at Tom like that." Tom, because he said Tom owner, Media owner. Yeah, I mean, you know. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you guys a great story. There's a story in the Sports Illustrated about Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan. Nobody got yelled at for the Spurs more than Tim Duncan, and Duncan never said a word. And all the other Spurs, including Kawhi Leonard, nobody ever argued because if Tim Duncan, who was one of the 10 best players of all time, didn't say anything to Popovich, how could any of those guys say anything? Exactly. Right? Well, 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 Belichick held Brady accountable. I mean, you know, so it, it was that type of relationship. But that, I'm just going to show you. Antonio, that's how great of a coach Tomlin was. Just think about it. All that stuff about Antonio Brown was under wraps in Pittsburgh. We didn't know Jack. As soon as he got out of Pittsburgh, man, the crazy went out. The man, crazy. He, he was like a, a a girl that was was by you know was just by herself early. <laughs> then she went to college and went nuts. You know what I mean? That's what Antonio Brown is. Oh, I know. I love Willie. I love Willie's references. Hey, hold on, His references are absolutely terrible. Hey, let me get one of those disclaimers. Willie Wall's references do not reflect the views of this show. <laughs> <laughs> not an producer. You're gonna get kicked off on social media. Not anybody. Not endorse. It is. <laughs> <Right. laughs> hey, hey, one more before we go, because we we always talking about you know like from a DFS perspective, right, and from a fantasy perspective, and so a lot of these moves that we're seeing right now are really impacting DFS a lot. Like I, I, right now, nobody's really talking about. It. Everybody's trying to be a little bit optimistic and saying what that means for Hill and what that means for these are huge DFS impacts. These are huge. I'm not even sure on a weekly basis, Hill, Waddle, Jacecki, guys that we loved last year. Yes. (laughs) This is huge. I don't even know if you play them. I mean, what if they're all getting fewer catches? Hill is going to be like the second or third most expensive receiver. 
Why would you ever take him? Waddle was getting nine, 10 receptions a game. He's not going to see that. I mean, I, I think when all these guys, I mean, look at even Devontae Adams with Waller and Renfro. Is he going to see as much? Right. I, I think a more balanced lineup is the way that I'm envisioning DFS this year. Yeah, Listen, crazy. the key is uh, preseason will be more important this year than ever. I will be watching preseason so I can see how stuff's going to mix up, you know. And I'm definitely going to tape all those those third games or something, you know, the games that 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 count because uh, I want to see how I, I got to see this mix because um, I'm not going to be paying. You're right. I'm going to be paying. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm we haven't had a preseason price. in a while, right? We've gone a couple of years without a real, a true preseason. So yeah. now we'll get to see some things. And, and there's at least a couple – couple of guys who haven't had a preseason who hadn't had opportunities before so we're gonna see and we'll see how it plays out preseason will be essential this year for me to see i need to see some stuff you know yeah so i can see how this is gonna work out i'm with you all right guys great show what do we say when we leave we say be well and take care Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.